Welcome to Season 3, Episode 28 of Lucas Baseball, brought to you by DrRoto.com, your home for everything fantasy sports. I'm Lou Landers, at Landers Talks on Twitter, joined by my co-host Lucas Beery, at LucasBeery33. This is Part 1 of a two-part episode, breaking down all the biggest trades from around Major League Baseball, one of the best deadlines in recent memory, Lucas. It was the best trading deadline of all time, and I'm sticking with that. So, yeah. Just tons of excitement, and not just on the day itself. Leading up to it, there were so many big moves, shocking ones as well. There were so many guys traded that nobody saw coming. It. Uh, we did our show a few weeks ago about previewing it. And we didn't even scratch the surface of the guys named, and, and nobody did out there. That nobody thought Trey Turner was going to move. I mean, nobody thought that the the elite prospects that the Blue Jays moved off of would get moved, and, and so many, so many more names. It was just absolutely insane, including some of the names that weren't traded are a huge story as well. Yeah, huge, huge for sure. And again, this is just part one of two parts, so. If you are waiting for us to break down a trade that we don't break down, it will be coming in part two. We just we, we're not going to we're not doing it in any particular order or anything like that. So th- your trade that you're looking for will be broken down. I promise. But let's start with Joey Gallo, Anthony Rizzo, and Andrew Heaney, all acquired by the Yankees. Yankees get the left-handed power bats they've so desperately needed and wanted. Although still outside the playoff picture, there's two months to go. Gallo and Rizzo certainly are going to add balance to a primarily right-handed hitting lineup that the Yankees did have. Both should destroy the short porch in right field in Yankee Stadium. Rizzo, solid glove, great clubhouse guy. Gallo plays all three outfield positions can play first, could even play third in an emergency and sign for one more year after all around. Very successful deadline for the Yankees. And Andrew Heaney, I mean, the K per nine is impressive. I don't think he can be any worse. I think he's really just a depth arm. The only question remains really is all of this enough to get them into the playoffs? That is a great question. And, you know, ultimately we've, we've hammered this before. They have dug themselves a hole, but on the positive side, they came away with, with two very solid left-handed bats. Like you said, they had a bit of outfield versatility with Gallo since center field was a, a gaping hole. And they have Gallo for next year as well. And the best part is, Lou, they didn't even have to move any elite prospects such as Dominguez or even the next rung down with an Oswald Peraza or Anthony Volpe. And I believe uh, Rizzo came paid for by the Cubs. Uh, by the Cubs, So it was a – I would give it an A to A+. Plus. Uh, deadline for the Yankees truly would yeah I definitely would and you know there's a lot of people out there like oh well they didn't do enough about pitching I don't know if you've noticed but the Yankees have one of the best pitching staffs and numbers in the American League that has not been a problem for them this year it's been scoring runs that's been the problem Mm -hmm. so adding two big bats left-handed bats at that I mean you're going from having to have something like LeMahieu, Judge, Stanton, Sanchez, Torres, Urshela, Voigt when he was there. Those are all right-handed hitters. All of a sudden, you can put Rizzo between Judge and Stanton and then Gallo between Stanton and Sanchez. That's insane. Exactly. And I think what you kind of have with your pitching staff is what you're going to be going into into the playoffs. 
because think about it like this. There was really only two impact pitchers moved the deadline with Max Scherzer and with Jose Barrios, if you even want to call him impact. I probably would because he's so, you know, fairly reliable. But outside of that, I mean, Kyle Gibson, solid, solid, but not moving the needle per se. No, definitely not. And the Yankees are expecting to have Kluber and Severino come back sometime in August, which just boosts the rotation even more assuming health, of course. But moving over to the Oakland Athletics, Lucas, Starling Marte, Andrew Sheffin, Josh Harrison, Jan Gomes, all acquired by Oakland. And it's a great move in theory for them to get Marte. Dynamic player speed, power. I'm just not sure it puts them over the top. They're barely hanging on to a playoff spot right now. And they only have Marte for two months to get him from Miami, having to give up Jesus Lazarda, who is a very young, talented, left-handed pitcher with tremendous upside. So long-term to me, it's the Marlins who are absolutely coming away on top with this trade. But I will say, Oakland A's, kudos to you for going for it. Shafin came from the Cubs. He's having an excellent season. Lefty but effective versus right-handed hitters, which is something noteworthy to me definitely helped bridge the gap for the ninth inning in Oakland Harrison and Gomes really um, came in about an hour before the deadline ended both provide depth and experience for the A's down the stretch but nothing to necessarily write home about here yeah the uh, the Josh Harrison and Gomes they're very A's types of moves there and getting to the uh, the meat of the conversation I, I don't necessarily disagree. It's hard to see them going extremely deep into October, considering how tough the American League is. But they went from Seth Brown and Stephen Piscotty to Starling Marte. And they're even moving Ramon Laureano into right field, replacing uh, those guys. So to me, that is a tremendous upgrade. And yes, they did pay a lot in, in capital of, of, of Jesus Lazardo, but ultimately Lazardo has been extremely injured. He has not pitched very many innings in the big leagues, and these teams know more about their players than the public. So perhaps, uh, perhaps they were, perhaps it, it'll won't look too bad for them to get rid of him. But it was a great gamble by the Marlins, and kudos to them for for paying Starling Marte's salary in order to get uh, quite an exciting prospect, although one that does have some potential issues for sure. Yeah, and it's going to be weird because typically I like pitchers in Oakland because of that big ballpark. But from a fantasy perspective, I kind of am more excited about Lazardo now in Miami. Just looking what mm-hmm. they've done with pitching, just churning out solid arm after solid arm after solid arm. I mean, I would take their starting pitching right now over a lot of teams around the league. They just have absolutely nothing offensively, especially after the trades they've made. Absolutely. I mean, they've developed so many guys that really we didn't see coming. So it's just been uh, a huge uh, testament to to their staff and their development in Oregon. I like Lizardo, but I'm just saying it's not like he's uh, foolproof by any means, and he certainly could continue to be a bust. Absolutely. How about keeping things in the West with the San Diego Padres? They get Adam Frazier, they get Jake Marisnik, they get Daniel Hudson. Frazier having a career year, all-star season, leading the National League in hits. Great addition to an already very good Padres offense. Frazier can play second base in the outfield, which could allow the Padres to move him around the diamond, of course, but also give injury-prone players like a Fam or a Myers the occasional day off. Padres still facing the uphill battle in the NL West, of course, looking up at both the Dodgers and the Giants. 
Looking at Daniel Hudson, a solid bullpen piece, playoff experience, should help in the middle innings. And then Marisnik, good outfielder, good speed, decent versus left-handed pitching, purely depth though, um, which of course is still important heading into October. Yeah, I think you just know that there are some people are confused why they loaded up with so many uh, hitters on their team. And like you said, they just want to have that insurance. They want to have that depth and that ability to mix and match and take advantage uh, of different uh, matchups. Pitching side, I've heard a lot of complaints that they didn't add anybody. Do you feel comfortable going into October with this pitching staff, Lou? No, I think it's a big mistake for them to not add some sort of starting pitcher. I mean, obviously, I think they were shell-shocked that they didn't get Max Scherzer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, that deal was reported like it was happening. Um, I'm very surprised. I mean, I guess I didn't want to overpay for Jose Barrios, which is a trade we will talk about on the second part of this episode. But uh, those were the main two guys, obviously. I'm still surprised they didn't go out and get something. Um, There had to have been something out there for them to have tried to acquire uh, because I just don't trust Blake Snell at all. You can't trust Mm -hmm. Paddock. Uh, Lamette obviously is injured. Weathers got blown up yesterday. Um, I mean, you have you Darvish, and that's really it. And it's good to get you maybe potentially past a wild card, but is it even? I mean, if you get the Giants... Maybe because Gossman has kind of come back down to earth over his past couple starts. But if you get the Dodgers, I'll take Scherzer over Darvish. Yeah. And even if if you are able to get past that wild card game, what is your rotation in in the division series? Darvish can't go until game three earliest. Yeah, you're going to have to rely on Paddock and Snell, which is petrifying. I mean, Musgrove, for me, I've not been the biggest fan of him, but I acknowledge his talent. He's he's your number two, and you're you're hoping that uh, Paddock and Snell don't take you out of the game early this, this October. So it's interesting. Maybe they can – Snell does have upside, but lately he's just been broken. So hopefully for their team, for their team's sake, they, those guys can get uh, get going. But, yeah, I wouldn't be holding my breath. No, I wouldn't be either. Now, of course, <laughs> next year, next year, not that it matters, Clevenger could be back, Lamette maybe could be yep. back, and Snell could easily turn things around. They could have the best rotation in baseball, for all we know. And, and, but right and, now, and it's, it's, it's looking like a weakness. Yeah, and they're ready to win, and when teams are ready to win, they're willing to get aggressive like the Blue Jays did, and perhaps they can put some of their best prospects on the table and go ahead and pay up. Uh, for a top 10, top 15 starting pitcher if one becomes available. I, I had a feeling, and it didn't work out just because I think the Cubs aren't uh, ready to throw in the towel for the next year or two this quickly. Perhaps they would go for a retool. But I thought there was a possibility Kyle Hendricks could get moved after we saw the return for Barrios. But that was just kind of where I was. Yeah, and it's funny because I actually thought the, the Jays would be a team that would work really well for Hendricks. Not that the Padres yeah. wouldn't, of course. Um, speaking of the Blue Jays, I actually lied. We're not talking about it in the second part. We're talking about it right now, Lucas. Uh, Blue Jays get Brad Hand, Joaquin Story, and the biggest fish of all, Jose Barrios. Jays 100% needed to add pitching. Some help in the back end of their bullpen. Front of the rotation caliber starter. And that's exactly what they did with Hand and Barrios. Hand going to serve as a team's closer at times, but could also be utilized against tough left-handed hitters, maybe in the eighth inning. 
Um, Hand has been one of the more consistent closers in baseball over the past five years, despite having some ups and downs this season. So the Jays definitely won the trade with Hand, but with Berrios, not an ace per se, definitely a very solid number two. And in this case right now, an amazing number three behind Ryu and Ray for this Jays team could be enough to vault the Jays into a playoff spot. And what I love is that Berrios, of course, a Jay next season as well, based on his contract. The price to get Berrios, though, fairly steep, Lucas. One of the top pitching prospects for them in Simeon Woods Richardson. And last year's number five pick overall in Austin Barnes. You have to give kudos to the Twins. A very good job by them. And then quickly with Joachim Soria. I mean, he's a veteran. He's been in the playoffs um, it can't hurt to have a guy like that in the middle of your bullpen. Absolutely. I, I pretty much am on board there with everything you said. I mean, just touching on Barrios, solid pitcher, very, very reliable on the innings total. Uh, I mean, dude, the guy just doesn't miss time. And that is money for MLB teams trying to trying to get into the playoffs. And he keeps you in games pretty well. But like you said, he's not special. And the price they paid, I would say, is about 150 to 170 cents on the dollar because I am a big fan of Austin Martin. I've heard some a little bit of cold water put on him, but personally, I'm not there yet. Um, as far as picking up hand, I'm going to like that for the for their team whenever uh, Barrios, Ray and Ryu are not pitching because they can go ahead and they can get Stripling out of there sooner. They can get. Manoa out if he's in a jam they can lengthen up that bullpen and I thought that was a tremendous move they didn't really fork over a ton with Riley Adams I'm not the the biggest fan of him and on Soria I mean he's been pitching okay this year he's another decent arm they can they can just lengthen their bullpen just slightly more and sure why not and I like Barrios more in a non um non high leverage situation Mm mm-hmm so I think that's a good thing. One question with regards to Barrios, and I brought it up yesterday to you and to a number of people. Do you worry about the change from the very weak-hitting American League Central to the very heavy-hitting American League East? Because even the Orioles, who are not a very good team, are not a pushover offensively. Mm-hmm. Well, so... I worry about it a little bit because it is a very real thing. I remember last year in the central, that's where the best pitching performances came out of whether it was uh, Maeda, et cetera, you can go on. But the good thing is, is Pete Walker, the pitching coach for the Toronto blue Jays has worked wonders with guys like Robbie Ray, Marco Estrada dating myself a little bit there. But I think that, I think that they picked him up for a reason and they've smashed a lot of their moves. Ryu has been a, 100% great value for them. Uh, Ray, like I said, so I think that they'll, I think he'll be okay, but yeah, you've got to tick him down a little bit, but I think Pete Walker can maybe uh, try to utilize him to the best of his ability. I think those are great points, and I think Ryu and Ray are mm-hmm. reasons why you should believe in the fact that Barrios yep. can absolutely survive in the American League East, although still something to note that he hasn't pitched all that well versus the um, three other good teams in that division in the Yankees, Rays, and Red Sox. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Maybe an adjustment this year, but much better next year, or maybe just great right off the bat. Um, but definitely something to keep an eye on. How about the Chicago White Sox? Already a very good team, adding Cesar Hernandez from divisional rival Cleveland, adding Ryan Tapera and Craig Kimball from the Cubs in separate trades. 
Um, you're looking at this White Sox team overall. They look fantastic before these trades, but missing out on Adam Frazier and Eduardo Escobar for a second base certainly meant they had to go out there and get a second baseman. Uh, Hernandez already topped his career high in homers this year, brings a solid veteran presence, a solid glove to the White Sox team, who was pretty much already crowned as AL Central champions in my mind. Uh, but to pair a very solid reliever, I expect him to primarily pitch the sixth or seventh inning for the White Sox, probably the sixth with uh, Michael Kopech there for the seventh. Kimbrel, though, I mean, just wow, dude. Does it get much better in the eighth and ninth inning? Then Craig Kimbrell and Liam Hendricks. What a dangerous team in October if the Chicago White Sox have a lead. Um, and on the other side of things, I will say regarding the Kimbrell trade, Cubs, they think they did pretty good. Nick Matrigal and Cody Hoyer. Yeah, uh, White Sox-wise, I mean, holy smokes. I mean, I don't even really care that much that they lost out on Adam Frazier and Escobar. It's a, definitely a, a slight downgrade to Cesar Hernandez, but he's a steady presence. He makes plenty of contact, and somehow he's become a power bat this year, smacking 18 homers, his career high, and only about a half a season so far. So that's wild. Um, They're going to depend on the health of Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert to determine if they have that truly elite ceiling. But even if they don't uh, come back to to their fullest potential, like you said, the rotation is absolutely tremendous with Carlos Rodon. Uh, struggling lately, but still looking good. Giolito, Lynn, insane. Cease and Keichel are nothing to sneeze at either, especially Cease's strikeout ability. And going to that bullpen, like you said, they've got two of the top three relievers in baseball at the moment with Kimbrell and Hendricks on top of Michael Kopech, Aaron Bummer still there, Garrett Crochet, and MVP candidate Ryan Tapera. So it's nothing to trifle with there in the back end of the bullpen. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, how about the Los Angeles Dodgers? Okay. They get Danny Duffy from the Kansas City Royals. Okay. And then they shock the baseball world, not only stealing Max Scherzer from divisional rival San Diego Padres, but they also get Trey Turner from the Washington Nationals. And I really cannot believe the Nats gave up both Turner and Scherzer. Uh, forget about the questionable return they got from the Dodgers. Sorry, from the Nationals. No, forget it. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm just so perplexed by it. I'm, I keep messing up. <laughs> the I cannot believe the questionable return the Nats got from the Dodgers for these guys, but what a move by the Dodgers. They literally get one of, if not the best pitchers in baseball, one of the best infielders in all of baseball, poised to once again make a deep run into October. Um, there's really nothing that can't be said about this deal. So I'll just move over to Duffy and let you continue on. Duffy hurt at the moment, but a nice depth piece for the rotation. And he has proven to be very solid this year when healthy. Yeah, this deal, uh, we could do a full episode on this trade. So I'll try to be uh, fairly brief here and just hit up all the most important topics. Uh, looking at the Dodgers perspective first, because I think it's pretty easy to see what, why they did it. They have the financial muscle to flex over the league and say, all right, Give us, give us the best players. We'll pay their contracts. We have enough uh, prospect depth. We, we will barely, you know, kill our prospect depth at this point. You know, I mean, it hurts. It hurts to lose Josiah Gray and Kybert Ruiz. But, I mean, really, it's, it'll be fine. 
and you add one of the best you add one of the best pitchers in baseball you block the Padres from adding the best pitcher and one of the best pitchers in baseball and Max Scherzer I think that's kind of an underrated point I I did hear you know Saris make that point and kind of agreed with him fully there that's huge to not have to face Max Scherzer in the uh, in the playoffs there if, if they do face up uh, against the Padres but and then Trey Turner I mean who would have seen that coming? I know he only has 14 more months left of team control, but still, I mean, are you kidding me? They add Trey Turner to a team that doesn't even need him, but of course they'll use him. I mean, good God, you've, you've got to despise this if you're a rival of the Dodgers. Um, and I guess we can kind of shift back now over to the Nationals. It looks like they just, uh, they realize that they got to pull the plug on this thing. And yeah, I, I personally thought that I actually linked them to Jonathan Scope. That was kind of a joke because I didn't think that they would fold in the towel. But uh, they, they usually are aggressive and going for the playoffs because they've been able to to make some noise despite the odds being stacked against them in 2019. And I thought they would roll it out there again considering their, their pitching core is aging. Uh, but, hey, they decided this team is not going to be able to make it happen. Let's get what we can, rebuild the worst farm system in baseball, and add in two players that, yeah, you gave up Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, but you might have six years of a very solid SP3 and Josiah Gray, and you could have a top 12 catcher in baseball if Kybert Ruiz hits his ceiling. I know he's not a big power bat, but you got to think that he's big league ready sooner than later given his contact and plate approach and by the way they needed rotation depth Josiah Gray is going to step in there and be very cheap and potentially very solid for them so I understand why they pulled the plug oh I definitely understand why they pulled the plug I just felt especially after seeing what the Blue Jays ended up having to give up for Barrios that it was a really light return. I mean, I, agree. I, I would feel, I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. I can't be out on my own island here. Um, I know for a fact that people feel the same way. What the Dodgers gave up would have been enough just for Scherzer, in my opinion. I agree. I My initial gut reaction when I saw this, like most other people, is yeah, they, they didn't get enough. I mean, that would have been enough maybe for a Trey Turner, but then you throw in... Uh, a top three MLB pitcher at the moment with with Scherzer and it's like oh god but you got to look at it like hey they they needed to kind of restart this thing and it looks like this is the best they can get and here we are absolutely dude so before we wrap things up for part one I want to talk the biggest winners from the deadline and I think there's a number of teams you can consider winners but to me the biggest have to be two teams we've talked about here on this show the Dodgers and the Yankees. Dodgers getting two of the best players in all of Major League Baseball obviously is a win for me. And the Yankees getting two big-time lefty bats, I think, vastly improves their lineup. And a lineup that has really struggled all year. It's been their Achilles heel. So um, very, very big deadline days for the Dodgers and Yankees. The difference is that the Dodgers pretty safe for a playoff spot already. They're just giving themselves a better chance to win the division. The Yankees hoping that these moves get them into the playoffs when anything, of course, can happen. But I got to call both these teams big-time winners. I completely agree. I, I think the fact that the Yankees, as you know, being a huge Yankees guy, they just didn't really have a ton of different ways they could make their moves given their uh, bloated uh, payroll structure and the fact that it doesn't seem like they're willing to dip super far into the tax situation. But... Considering their circumstances, I think they smoked it out of the park. 
and the Nationals are just, or the uh, the Dodgers, excuse me, are just on another level. So you got to take your hat off, and you know, it's it's. I've seen people say that the championship is locked up. Give it to them. No, this is baseball. Anything can happen. So I'm not buying that. But you got to think they've got unbelievably great odds to do it. I would think so too, my man. Definitely. Uh, just so impressed by the Dodgers pulling off that move. Uh, Andrew Friedman, well done there in Los Angeles. Folks, this has been the Lucas Baseball Podcast brought to you by DrRoto.com where you can find premium access to our staff in the members-only Discord. We have content for MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, PGA, eSports, DFS, NASCAR, and more. We feature the most elite tools in the industry, so check out drrodo.com. I'm Lou Landers with co-host Lucas Beery. Thanks for tuning in to Lucas Baseball. We'll catch you for part two.